Turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist and faithfulness the girdle of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The sucking child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. So in our text today, we're kind of, we're given two pictures are kind of are being painted for us in this text. The first picture is of a, a young king who has vanquished the foe, who is not a despot, who is not a, a, a conquistador, but a king who rules in, a, a, who judges righteously, and who lifts up the poor and approaches them, the poor and the meek, with equity and treats them as equals and treats everyone with righteousness. A just king. This is a picture of justice. A picture of a world that is right with God and right with each other. A just world and a just leader. It is a picture of justice given to us. The other picture is one of animals hanging out together in very unnatural and strange ways. Wolves and lambs, uh, lions and baby cows, and even little children, like I said in the children's story, playing with snakes which is a world I cannot even imagine. That's strange. It's a strange picture being painted for us. One that is quite unnatural. An unusual thing that we're being called into an unnatural way of being from the text today. Where predator and prey live together in harmony. Where once one was dominant over another. They now live together in unity. This is a picture of peace. 
And justice and peace in the Bible seem to always go hand in hand. In fact, it's, it's difficult to have peace without justice, although a lot of places do. There have been many times when peace has been brought about by something other than justice. In fact, in the time of Isaiah, when Isaiah is writing, a peace has been found in Israel. In fact, as far as Isaiah is concerned, they've gotten a little complacent and they've gotten fat and happy in their peace. And their peace was brought about by a capitulation to a foreign power and the, the giving over of, of money to make sure that they don't get overrun. And yet there they were under the thumb of Assyria or Egypt, depending on who was fighting over what at the time. Isaiah didn't much like that. Isaiah's suggestion was that we put our faith in God and God alone and we, we bow to no one <laughs> but God. And yet there was peace in Jerusalem, kind of, because there was always the threat of Assyria hanging over them. And, and every once in a while a siege would take place or some violence would occur. But as long as the tribute was paid, everyone stayed out of everyone's business. Of course, in Jesus' time, there was, there was great peace being had. All the wars Rome was going to wage has been waged, and it was the era of Pax Romana, a peace that was brought about not by justice, a peace that was brought about by military might and conquest. A peace that was brought about through violence and subjugation. A peace that was brought about where whoever opposes the power of Caesar and the power of the Roman Empire found themselves crucified along a road going into their hometowns. That sounds familiar. Who does, who does that sound like? A peace that was brought about by hard violence. Now that is not the kind of peace that is being painted for us today. Jesus and Isaiah in the Old Testament offers us a different kind of peace. A peace that is found through justice. Through righteous judgment and equity for the meek and the poor and a world where lions and calves and wolves and lambs live together as equals, where one is not prey to another, and where predators do not take advantage of the weak. What a, what a bizarre world, and one I strain to even imagine what that would be like. I'm not sure. And it, it, in fact, imagining our world like that is just as crazy as imagining wolves and lambs playing together and children and cobras hanging out. How strange it is. We're given other versions of things in the Bible as well that, that aren't quite like this. For example, in Matthew, 
we're told that the sheep and the goats will be separated. And then Matthew goes into one of his favorite tirades about the way things ought to be. and uh, uh, They will be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's one of his favorite phrases, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, paints, a, paints an awful picture. So in this, in this instance, peace is brought about by vanquishing the foe and getting rid of them. has a nice ring of vengeance and retribution to it. Uh, we kind of like that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? We, we want a little bit of that. Sounds great. Where instead of having wolves and lambs together, instead we just get rid of the wolves. And all we got are lambs. <laughs> a world just full of lambs. And yet Isaiah says, no, I want you to imagine something else. Something bigger. Something more difficult and maybe even a little less satisfying. <laughs> a world where those who were once predators are predators no more. And those who were once prey are no longer prey. And a place where predator and prey live together. Well, that sounds hard. In fact, that sounds impossible, particularly in the world we're living in today, where people are willing to do almost anything to make sure they hold on to power. Lie, cheat, steal, use, abuse. I don't know about you, but I feel a little used and abused at times by our systems. And I, I wonder who's really looking out for what's good for everybody. This instance, I think it's Jesus. <laughs> I think it's Isaiah. It's saying, there's a peace to be had and there's lots of ways to get there. But the one peace that God imagines for us is a peace where predator and prey live together and watch out for one another and do not take advantage of each other and do not try to beat each other to hang on to power. It's a world where those who are in power yield some of that power in the hopes of a better world for everyone. And it's a world where the meek and the lowly are lifted up and given power. I struggle to even picture that, which is a sad statement about our world. And yet this is the peace that God insists is there for the taking. And when Jesus was born into this world, His followers looked at Him and they heard His message and they saw His life and the things He stood for and they said, this is what God meant by that kind of peace. If we could just do what Jesus describes the words of Isaiah 
might be possible, might be reality, might come to pass. You know as well as I do that we are not there yet. Even within ourselves, we find ourselves struggling for reconciliation. You know, that's where it starts. I can tell you this, I, I, don't picture, I don't picture peace being brought about at the hands of the people who are in power and the government systems or, or the large picture. Where we find our peace is through the ministry of reconciliation and justice within ourselves, among each other, person to person, group to group, life to life. And we see that in the text today. Isaiah sees around him a kingdom that's dead and cut off. A stump where all life has been taken away. There's no longer any life in it. And then what Isaiah describes is a little sprout, a little twig with a couple of green leaves growing out of it. A very tender stem that could easily be squashed. And yet, if cultivated, if nurtured, if cared for and protected, that little tiny stem can grow into a mighty uh, oak. There's another tree I was had in my mind, but I can't. Uh, cedars, the cedars of Lebanon. That's what I had in my head. <laughs> A mighty cedar is what I was imagining. <laughs> we need to cultivate this peace through justice, just as we would nurture a little plant to grow. And what Jesus, what God promises us through Isaiah, and what Jesus promises us in the reality of His birth that if we do, it will grow, it will be strong, and it will thrive, and it will transform this world we live in today. Let us pray. Loving God, we, we come with this dream of peace, and it feels so much like a dream, like something that's impossible and it even seems ridiculous in the pictures that you paint for us and yet we are called to be people of peace people who bring that kind of peace into reality through living out justice may we embrace this ministry that that offers reconciliation not recompense and revenge or, or retaliation. May we be blessed by this message. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.